big fan. Welcome to the Buck Stops here, the official audio program of NotInHallOfFame.com, and I'm your host, Kirk Buckner, the Buck, the owner and the operator of NotInHallOfFame.com, and of course, the sister sites, the fictitious athlete Hall of Fame, the fictitious rock and roll Hall of Fame. If you haven't checked them out, check them out now. Uh, cast your votes for the semifinalists. It's season one, episode 32 of the Hall of Fame show, and Evan Nolan and I, we've got so much to talk about today. The Hockey Hall of Fame made an interesting announcement. They're postponing their class, or their actually their induction of the 2020 class, but they may not have a 2021 class. Like, what? That can't happen. Especially considering that we've just put together the 2021 list for those to consider. A little bit of a spoiler alert, it's heavily Swedish. We also looked at the Philadelphia Phillies and Dick Allen because they're going to be retiring his number. Will this help Mr. Allen get into the Baseball Hall of Fame? That could very well be. The Veterans Committee will be looking at him in his era uh, relatively soon. We also take a look at the Country Music Hall of Fame. Hank Williams Jr. is now inducted into that, and it's a really good Hall of Fame. Check it out if you haven't already. And we look at a few passings, including one that's a bit near to my heart, that of former pro wrestler Kamala, the Ugandan headhunter. Stay tuned, and without further ado, here's Evan. Mr. Nolan, how goes the world in the lovely city of Chicago? It's, uh, it's not so bad here. How, how about you? Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, always warm, always sunny. Life's good in the tropics. I have no problem living in Barbados. Uh, how much longer that's going to be, I have no idea, but I'm enjoying it while it lasts. And it also helps that there's hockey on 24 hours a day, apparently. Yes, it does. I've never been able to watch this much sports in my life. It almost feels like that three-month window where we couldn't do anything. It's kind of like this big orgasm that's just sort of exploded onto uh, the scene. Sorry for the sad visual, but I do love watching sports. Wow. That's, uh... Yeah, I'm not even going to think about that visual any longer. So what are we talking about? Nor should you! <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, eh, screw it. I'm just going to finish the thought. What do I care? I've said much worse <laughs> on this show. I know. I think I think the boss the boss is going to come down on you. So it, it's altogether possible, altogether possible. So I I, I thought uh, the one thing that sort of really concerned me, but no one really seemed to be picking up on the the Hockey Hall of Fame. They're postponing everything to 2021, like everyone else is uh, for their mm-hmm. for their class of 2020. But Lanny McDonald, in a statement, just said, yeah, we may not even have a class of 2021. Like, what? And I, and I posted, like, am I reading this right? You were reading it right. That is what he said. I can't. Uh, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't seem like a good plan. No. <laughs> no, I mean, like, the only thing I can think of is they're trying to be somewhat proactive, thinking that the whole season might sort of be in jeopardy again. COVID's not going away anytime soon. We're not really sure how the season's going to progress. I can't imagine they want to continue this whole bubble idea. It's it's a lot of revenue they're losing out on. But, yeah. you know, nevertheless, the Hockey Hall of Fame ceremony doesn't generate a whole lot of revenue anyway. No. No, and I mean, and there's some interesting candidates. I know we'll get into that in a little bit with uh, your list. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's... Uh, Maybe maybe this is your say, say that they're not having a class and then they could quietly duck Don Cherry. <laughs> <laughs> it very well could. It very well could. Don, Don Cherry and Jerry Reronick is in class. <laughs> and how perfect are they ranked back to back? It was not planned. I know they, they, 
And the, and the, the list is wonderful because uh, four, five, uh, sorry, I guess it's five, six, seven, and eight is like your pet project, Don Cherry, uh, Jeremy Roenick, and my pet project. <laughs> It's, it's my favorite part of the list. It, it, it's so. it's it's incredible. So I really hope that the hockey hall does this again. There's not. I, I understand the, why you don't want to do things virtually. I get it. I mm-hmm. I agree the same. I agree at the same time. But you don't want to miss out on a whole year and then push some people who are really waiting. Yeah, and right. clearly by your 2020 class, you know Kevin Lowe had to wait quite a bit. Doug Wilson. Doug Wilson waited a long time. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm more partial to Doug Wilson, who I think is the far better candidate. But, you know, still. Agreed. Still, I mean, like, when you're making these guys wait longer, like, there, there's not – it's not like you're going to have a glut of players in. It's not going to go the route of the Pro Football Hall of Fame that's going to say, you know what, like, we've missed out on a whole whack of people. The Hockey Hall has been around since the, since the 40s. There's not a lot mm-hmm. of original six guys left that really deserve another look. Maybe one, maybe two, right. but realistically, there's not. Right. Yeah, and they, 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 that's pretty much all covered. So we're going to have stuff that it's more seventies and and closer mm-hmm. for players. So dude, there's there are still good candidates out there. I mean, are we going to go through your list now, or do you want to come back to it? Uh, yeah, we can go through that now. I mean, unless there's something else that you want to sort of look at in regards to Lanny's uh, announcement. Not really. I mean, I did think it's interesting, though. Uh, was it the baseball hall? Uh, even though they haven't had the class yet, opened up the exhibit for all the people who are going to be inducted, even though they're not officially in yet. I don't know if you saw that. I did. Yeah. Yeah that that was interesting. I think that probably makes some sense. I mean, you're. Oh shoot! Sorry, I'm watching the Bruins just give up a goal to Carolina by not working very hard. Um. So uh, yeah, I mean, I think that has. Uh, for a Hall of Fame like Cooperstown, you need the people coming in. You need people to have a reason coming in, even if they don't have the speeches. Having the memorabilia and everything about the guys who would be in and with everything uh, makes some sense. I mean, that's more the route that the Hockey Hall should go uh, than anything else, but who knows? I mean, hockey, not the Hall necessarily, but hockey in general tends to make some strange decisions on things. Well, they very much do. They very much do. It's a, a large sport. It's a great hall. I, I recommend anyone who's visiting Toronto, like, go there. It's it's a lot of fun. Uh, they try to make it a lot, uh, very interactive. It, it's 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 a fun way to uh, sort of spend spend uh, an hour. I'm clearly a minute and a half behind you because I just saw that goal. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's, 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 it's all good. Chicago's closer to Toronto than... Uh... Apparently. Than, uh, the, the tropics are. So I guess that's the, what's going on there. Sorry about that. No, no, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of funny because when you said like, "Oh, uh, just watch them give up, a, give up a goal," it's like what? they're they're just all talking to the refs right now. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you you were like, "Oh, they're not working very hard." That's probably a goal coming. Yeah, they they just stopped skating for a shift, and Carolina just scored. That happens. And the so. hockey fans will go wild in Charlotte, but they oh, actually, you know what? They've supported their team well, so I, I, I shouldn't say. Yeah. No, yeah, Car- yeah, no, but uh, the Whalers still should come back. Uh, just not not at the expense of the the Hurricanes. No, um, no, I do have to say something happened last night, though. Sorry, I know it's off topic. No, but just cool. about watching hockey. 
something uh, something happened I never expected ever to happen. I found myself rooting for the Vancouver Canucks. You hate the Blues? Oh my God, the, that team. David Perron is probably my least favorite player in the league right now. Really? I dislike everything about him. Damn. Yeah, I mean, I, again, it's going to sound like Sour Grapes being a Bruins fan and everything, but that team just gets away with so much dirty stuff over and over and over again. And so watching them lose would make me very, not win the Stanley Cup. If the Bruins don't win the Stanley Cup, as long as the Blues don't win, I think I'm okay. Well, or the Canadians. It's, it's how I feel when the Leafs yeah. are out. It makes me although, very, very although happy. That's, I have to, as a Bruins fan, I have to give credit. That save by Carey Price the other day was one of the greatest saves I've ever seen in my entire life. It was, it was amazing. Absolutely. I mean, just, I, I had no idea how, A, he saved it, and B, how he prevented his teammate from having a whole new set of dentures, because uh, that's, that's what was coming his way. Uh, that was That was incredible. So... Anyway, yeah, so let's go to the list. Yeah, so it's uh, completely revised. So before I sort of like do a countdown, it's uh, the, the list itself. It's, it's the core list. It's actually the second list that ever came up on Not in Hall of Fame, uh, the first one being the rock list. And it ranks those who were not yet in the Hockey Hall of Fame. I've expanded it to 300, and there's a caveat in the article I wrote. Do I think that 300 players should be in there? No, not even close. No one does. Lists are fun. I enjoy putting them together. Most people love debating mm-hmm. it. And I will say that the last 25 of any of, of this top 300, providing there is a goalie, which I don't remember if there's a goalie in there or not, could win a Stanley Cup. So we're talking about some really good players. So if you're listening, vote because your votes matter. Uh, these rankings change. I'll, I'll set up what, where I think they should start. But these they move up and down based on what all of you were telling us. Right, let's see. I'm, I'm checking right now if there is a goalie. Uh, the late Steve Chiasen, uh Chris Dury, Brad Stewart, Ilya Briskolov, right? Yep. There we go. There we go. We got a goalie. All right. So then I've and got a Stanley have, Cup contender right there. Oh, and we also have some uh, some fun for, and uh, Jazz Jaguar is on there. I'll take Jiggy. Mm-hmm. As my goalie. And he also got some fun former Bruins. Barry Peterson, uh, uh, Dave Christian, uh, Sergei Samsonov. Mm-hmm. Nice. Former Bruins coach, not so very good, Robbie Fitorik. Uh, mostly, anyway. mostly there uh, for his WHA. These are some pretty good players. I'm it, not going to lie. These yeah. are Sheldon Saray was a pretty good player. Brendan Morrow, Russ Courtnell. Those are some pretty good guys. Yeah, and and, and I, I think also too, if people are listening and they're sort of looking at this and think, well, my God, there's a lot of Europeans on this. Remember, the Hockey Hall of Fame counts what you do internationally. Mm-hmm. So that matters. Yeah, I mean, there's there's going to be some players, who, maybe maybe a German down the road. I don't know. Uh, Uwe Krupp? No, <laughs> probably not Uwe Krupp. But only uh, only the goalie. Only the goalie. I mean, there, that plays a lot into how you can get in. Although, you know where the – I think I told you this before. The IIHF Hall is actually right in the same building as the Hockey Hall of Fame, and it's just pretty much one one wall. Okay. So it's not 
quite the same thing, but obviously. But it's still pretty cool. So there you go. You knock off two halls in one visit. There you go. I, I, you, you know what you should do? What's that? But when you're allowed back in a where we're allowed to go back and do stuff, you should just travel around from hall to hall and just report on it. I, I plan to. You were supposed to come with. Oh, okay. I'll do that. You know, like, uh, like after uh, you're making your millions uh, doing what you're doing. Yes. Yeah. My millions. So uh, I will say, can I go off topic just again for one second? I, so I know we haven't talked about all this stuff, but I, I had a situation in work, which I know we don't normally bring up, but I'm just going to say this. Yeah, go ahead. If you don't have, if you don't have a will, just get it together. Cause I have a set of clients who are in their early seventies who went to go visit some family friends in Indiana only to, uh, and someone, the, someone at, who they went to visit or they went to visit family. I'm sorry, in Indiana and someone there had COVID one of the younger people. And they didn't realize it. And both of them caught it. And they're both intubated right now and mm. probably going to die over the weekend. And they don't have a will. And everything is a mess. So please, everybody who's listening, if you don't have end-of-life planning documents, just get them done because this is an absolute utter disaster. What's about to happen if they don't pull through. And the husband has kidney issues now and the wife has got brain swelling and all sorts of stuff. So I don't think they're going to make it. But let's, uh, let's, you know, if you don't have them, just get them. It's so much easier for everybody else, even though it's a weird conversation to have to have off my soapbox. Oh, it's so. some those awkward conversations are, are the ones yeah, sometimes. I have, I, have the a, most I have a lot of them and not just on this podcast. <laughs> well, usually it's because I make them awkward in a different way. Yes. Yeah, well, true. But I mean, I, I, like I could tell you my, right now I'm drinking a new Glarus totally naked. But that's just the name of the beer. And Nuclearis is the name of the company. So that would be awkward. But you're already talking about orgasming, so me being totally naked is probably not quite as bad. Well, so, I, I meant that in a metaphoric way. I didn't mean that in a literal. Met- literal, metaphoric. Is there any difference these days? I would think so. <laughs> I think there's a pretty damn anyway. big difference. Was it David Cross who does that bit? <laughs> Uh, about like how bad sportscasters are. He literally took his head off in that play. Well, no. Yeah. His head's still attached. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so on your list, where do you want to start? Right from the top. Oh, so we're counting down that way? Okay. Yeah, just do the top ten. Uh, so the new top ten. Okay. Uh, which has got two uh, new new people. So number one, number two, Henrik Sedin, Daniel Sedin. The Canucks twins, the Canucks yeah. appear on this podcast twice, and really they're both they're, they're it's like one A one B. Henrik gets it because gets the slight nod only because he's got the heart. Sadine does have the Ted mm-hmm. Lindsay Award, which is essentially the players' version of the Hart Trophy, right? And they're both uh, going to get in first ballot, no doubt. Yeah, well, they we do everything together, so it'd be weird if they didn't. Um, honestly. In, in sports history, that's one of the weirdest things, though, that one team ended up with the first two picks so they could, send, so they could uh, draft a set of twins. Like, that's unprecedented and weird, isn't it? I can't think of another example. Like, not yeah. one. Yeah, good, good on the Canucks for the marketing and actually getting good players at the same time. Yeah. But yeah, no, there's there's no que- there's no question in my mind that one one and two being Sadine twins is 
the correct is the, the correct top two out of your list. So, mm. And they're in first time eligibles. They should both be in presuming there's a class. Um, right. And, and you know, I said this, that they're pretty much going to take two of those four spots. So now it's just uh, right. really a grab to get those last two. So who would it be? Could it be number three, Alexander McGilney? Maybe. It, it could. And uh, yeah, I mean, I honestly think it's your number five, but we'll get, we'll get there in a second. See, I, I don't. Um, but we thought it was, we thought it was your number five last time too. See, I, I don't, um, I think he's hurt by this, but uh, number four, who I think, could get in this I'll make a little bold prediction I think that's going to be his year as uh, Taron Fleury okay because uh, Fleury would have been in already if he didn't sort of snort himself out of greatness and cheat himself out of a year right. or two of like really good play yeah. but this is still a great yeah. player yeah and and his story is resonating more and more as well more and more, more every, and every more. year yeah yeah uh, so number yeah, I, 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 I think I think Flurry is another good top choice. Like I might quibble a little bit on where the lists are. I actually wouldn't have Flurry uh, fourth on this list, but I wouldn't have him like twelfth either. You know what I mean? So if he's a couple spots away, I'm not going to be well. A, lo- out. a lot of that too, though, is the votes that come in. Well, that's true. I know. I understand. I know this isn't this is your list in that it is hosted on your site, right? Uh, but it is not overall your. Your uh, your list, other than putting new people in where that you think they both slot and belong, like Sadiq Quint, you know, haven't had a chance to vote on yet, right? And then everything else just sort of like slides, and sometimes you just see some massive drops and massive gains, you know, based on okay, right. like maybe I've re- maybe I evaluated this wrong, or maybe it's one of those cases where you know the fans are just really high on one player, and like, yeah, I know he was popular, but was he really that good? But right. you know, you still got to take that in, into consideration. Popular players put right. asses in seats. That is true. So, All right, so uh, number five? My, my big guy, my, my main guy, me, and a bit of personal bias, uh, disclosure, I'm an Ottawa Senators fan, Daniel Alfredson, number five, uh, does not get a lot of love <laughs> from no. a lot of the voters, uh, hence why he's probably below actually two people who I would have put him uh, – up per- personally, and he was at one point. Now he's not. Uh, so that makes three of five Swedish players on the top five, which could hurt him. Because do uh, we I want a Swedish smorgasbord? I didn't even think about that. I didn't even think about that would be the reason why I'd get hurt by it. I mean, it could. I mean, they shouldn't think along those lines, but maybe they will. Yeah, I, the, the North Americanism of hockey. Uh, intelligentsia mm-hmm. has always been weird to me. Um, and particularly in Canada, they always talk about European captains and things along those lines that just don't seem to matter, really. Um, but apparently it has locker room chemistry stuff. I don't know. I don't quite understand why. Um, but yeah, no, I, I guess that might hurt him, but I think you and I both agree that we're surprised he's still on the board at this point because he seems to be most... Pundit's number one guy who should be in and isn't. And pretty I, I, much every yeah. year they have a list. And every year on Twitter, he's the biggest snob. Because I always look to see who, who's sort of trending. Like, like what names mm-hmm. are sort of coming up. But like, what, what are people saying should have got in? And it's always offered in the last few years. But it's sort of funny you bring up everything you just said because that's the perfect segue to number six. Oh, 
<laughs> yes. Well, I, I am I am the king of segways to Dot Cherry. Because <laughs> I don't – did you uh, – like I know you're familiar with, the, with Cherry, of course, but how much did Americans sort of see Don Cherry other than his coaching in Boston? Like did you see him like – I mean, I mean, we, we saw his his crazy outfits mm-hmm. uh, a lot. Um, I mean, he was he. I'm trying to remember. I mean, I, I was familiar with Don Cherry not from coaching in Boston because he coached before. I was really cognizant of it, mm-hmm. uh, or, or at least of who the coach was. But the first coach I remember for the Bruins was Harry Sint, mm-hmm. who was also the general manager. Um, so. Uh, we, I mean, he. I was familiar with him. We saw him. He was like the, he would come on Sports Center and be seen to us like the crazy, jacketed Canadian version of Barry Melrose on NHL Tonight. Okay. Um, and he said some outrageous things, but they have gotten more and more outrageous as we've gone. Yeah, and also the the bar has changed for what's considered outrageous and certain things that he would say. That is also true. Yeah. So. Cherry, uh, number six, just to sort of like put the non-Canadians like or where we all know him from. Cherry was the host of a segment on Hockey Night in Canada called Coach's Corner. And or not the host, he was actually the subject really because it would be Ron McLean and Don Cherry. And before that, I can't even remember the, the talking head who was next to him before who quit that job thinking he was going to become a bigger star. And it didn't work out so well that I can't remember that name. I remember his haircut. I can't remember the guy who sat next to him. But it doesn't matter. Jimmy the Greek. It was Jimmy the Greek. We'll just go with that. Might have been. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot more Ukrainian, so let's just say Jimmy the Uke. <laughs> I, I, okay, sure. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> so, and the segment was never more than two minutes. That's all it was. Mm-hmm. And it'd be Cherry just uh, be doing the same thing that he always does. Loves the tough guys. Uh, always hate ragged on the Europeans because – the Europeans, when they were first coming into the NHL, and he was right on this, were generally, quote, soft, end quote. You know, they weren't fighters. Mm-hmm. They they weren't necessarily adapting. And it took a long time before – I mean, there used to be this talk for years in Canada how an NHL team was not going to win if they had too many Europeans or a European captain until the Red Wings sort of proved all that wrong. Yeah, that, that used to be the rule with how whichever team had the fewer competitions in the Wings here <laughs> you know something like that but yeah it's yeah there there was that prevailing opinion led by cherry and led, led by a lot of people and that for a long time there was data backing that up uh, and i think certain things have changed obviously a lot of the europeans uh have adapted to the nhl style and what that is and i think the stanley winning the stanley cup means something now more to a young swedish player than it did 40 years ago true so, you know, there's kids growing up in, I don't know, uh, Helsinki who probably think, you know, I want to hoist that cup because I saw Team Mussolini do it. Mm-hmm. So it was sort of, it's almost the perfect thing. Cherry, I, I can't even express how iconic he was. I know I've said how he was voted the, be- the top Canadian at one point in our country. No, he wasn't. I'm sorry. In the top 10. Okay. Uh, there was a CBC. I, I, hmm? I was going to say, if he was number one, the Canadians would actually finally have something to apologize for. <laughs> <laughs> you do it anyway, but no, it's most time. It is, you, you don't need to. That one you might, in retrospect, need to apologize for. So we've unveiled a lot of crappy music on you that we do need to apologize for. 
<laughs> Nickel, That's right. Continue. Nickelback. I'm looking at you. Uh, so yeah, there was so CBC put out actually a made-for-television miniseries about this guy. Okay. That did good ratings. Uh, actually, going back to ratings, because uh, CBC, like Hockey Night in Canada, would be you know run in two languages, of course, English and French. So it was sort of shown that when all the people in Quebec, they would turn over to the English language broadcast just for Coach's Corner, just to see like what's Cherry oh, going to wow. do. So I, I can't emphasize how big a name he was in Canada. So a lot of people younger than 30 or 20 or the teens, like they, they don't understand what he meant at one point, but then the shtick gets old mm-hmm. and that's essentially what happened. I mean, like it, it's one thing when you're ragging on Swedish players and Finnish players, but you keep doing it when the very thing you're ragging about them no longer exists. Right. And so he'd keep a bit of that up, and he just never really knew that line. And he's in his late 80s, probably didn't give a shit. He was probably amazed he was still employed. Right. And, yeah. Yeah, and he's dropped on this list from four to six. Uh, he's kind of grandfathered in as the only coach I've got on this. I'm really considering plucking him out and then putting a contributor builder list. Because he, okay. he he feels like uh, one of these things is not like the other. He always did, but initially I felt so strong because of what he meant at one point to the mm-hmm. Canadian psyche. And Canada is hockey. America is baseball. Mm-hmm. You know, it, there is just certain sporting realities. And either way, it doesn't seem to fit anymore. So I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I guess that makes sense. If he's the only one, I mean, he's certainly not on here as a player. No. And having contributors list for hockey, so really for any of the sports, if you want to do it, makes some sense, particularly, well, I think more than anything, contributor one is, should be going for the NFL based off of what they're doing mm-hmm. uh, with the number of extra people coming in. Right. Um, but no, I, I agree. I also like the fact that on the website, the picture you have of him makes him look like he's a suspect on like uh, to catch a predator. It's it's kind of funny. He's like all deep in shadow and looking evil. So I'm I'm, I'm a big fan of that as well. <laughs> I'm just trying to picture that. You're not a Swede, are you? <laughs> uh, anyway, all right. Do you want to move to number uh, seven? Yeah, for, from uh, from one miscreant to another, Jeremy Roenick, the highest-rated American, who's also acted wow. his way out of a potential Hall of Fame. Yeah, at this point. It, it's a shame. I, I love the guy. Loved watching him play. Pride of Medford, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that he should have lost his job over what happened. I'm no. even more sure he shouldn't be suing based on... Straight, what was it? Straight uh, bias? Straight yeah, prejudice? Yeah, bias against straight people. Yeah, uh, good luck with that. <laughs> yep. But, so, yeah, yeah, but Ronick, Ronick was a very good hockey player, very uh, much, uh, very much a motor mouth. Um, and the motor mouth probably has hurt him up to this point. Uh, but we're getting to the point where Ronick, as a player, should already be in. Yeah, and, and if he wasn't in before, now it's going to have to like wait a while for this to sort of die down a bit, or doesn't look like it's going to because he seems to be going into Aubrey Huff territory. Oh boy, yeah. 
Yeah, that man was voted worst teammate or a couple years in a row, Aubrey Huff, and it's a good reason. I still wonder, because I used to love having Aubrey Huff on my team in, um, in uh, Major League The Show, because every time he came up, if you, if you uh, particularly if you're in Tampa, where they didn't have many fans, they like, didn't have much fan noise when you played Tampa, and someone would heckle from the audience, who the hell names the kid Aubrey? <laughs> or who names the kid Aubrey? I was like, that's kind of mean. And I was like, oh, maybe just nobody liked it. And so they just decided, we're going to be mean to somebody. Let's be mean to Aubrey Huff. So. <laughs> I had no idea they did that. That yeah, is so it, awesome. It was, it was funny. It was very, very funny. And it, was, and it lasted for like, from MLB The Show, like 07 through 10 or 11. So. That's incredible. Yeah. It clearly Huff just so. pissed somebody off, or they just thought this was the funniest thing ever, and they could get away with it, and why yeah. not? Yeah. I mean, what's going to happen? Aubrey Huff's going to be mad at you? Well, he's mad at everybody all the time, so. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, Roenick, uh I don't know. I mean, I, 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 lo- I do. he's definitely a Hockey Hall of Famer. I, I know that this is going to keep him out. It shouldn't. But if any Hall of Fame seems to be the most woke, I, if, if that's sort of something they were looking at, I'd say it's the Hockey Hall. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, my, my phone just beeped at me. Sorry, try again. Yeah, so that's just, that's going forward, I, I think he's going to have to wait a few years now, Agreed. no matter what. No, they're, they're, yeah, they're, there's no way they're letting him in right now. No. Uh, much like so how I feel about number eight. Pierre Turgeon. Yeah. He's not yeah. getting in anytime soon. Although we should. Yeah. He's, uh, we've already had this debate on previous episodes of this show, but I will say that I don't care about how you did on the Olympic teams for your country. Well, and if you take, if, I know, it, but it matters, particularly with the hockey hall. So if you take that out, he, in my opinion, is the most glaring omission of anybody. But I understand after having talked to you about this over the last, I don't know, three years we've been discussing this, mm-hmm. uh, why he is not in, and that reason is not going away. Right, and it wasn't the Olympics. Okay. It, it was the World That's Junior Championship. And, and can, can I tell that story? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. All right. So basically what it was, uh, Pierre Turgeon, I mean, 1,327 points. That sounds like a Hall of Famer, right? And I think mm-hmm. ever since I've been doing this site, probably, I, I could be mistaken here, but I, I would think that he's probably had the most points of anyone who's not in the Hall of Fame almost every year. And with reduced scoring, that that's going to ha- probably be the case, I don't want to say forever because that's a long time, but for a long time. Uh, yeah. Turgeon was a member, and I forget what year, and it really doesn't matter, uh, of the World Junior Championship. And I know you and I have talked about what a big deal that is in Canada. And so it was Canada versus Russia. I can't even remember who won this. Uh, I think Russia. But there was a big brawl, bench clearing from both sides. Turgeon never come, came out. He, stay, he stayed in... He stayed in the bench, didn't come out. And was ridiculed for that. Um, and he was never ever on a national team again, not Olympics, uh, not Canada cup, not world hockey championship. Never. He wasn't welcome. Okay. 
okay, get over it. <laughs> I mean, Pierre Turgeon, Pierre Turgeon has been retired since 2007. That was 13 years ago. He played for 20 years. We're now 37 years back. Mm-hmm. The World Juniors for him probably was a couple years for that. We're talking some him not getting up for a fight 40 years ago is keeping him out of the Hall of Fame. Canada, get over yourself. That's where we fight. Silly. The only person who has more points than them who's not in the Hall of Fame uh, who are the only two. They are Yarmir Yager, who's not eligible, and Joe Thornton, who's still playing. At least for now. Mm-hmm. Everybody else who has more points than him is in, and the next person who's eligible behind him who's not in is Jeremy Roenick, who's got over 100 points fewer than he does. Even Wayne Gretzky got into an NHL fight. That's all, I'll leave it at that. Actually, Google that at one point. YouTube, Wayne Gretzky versus Neil Broughton. Gretzky's the one who picks the fight. And Broughton's just looking, like, looking at him like, are you serious? <laughs> like, really? Is this really happening? Like, okay. <laughs> I, but yeah, uh, let's, let's, let's move on. All right, so let's, let's, move, let's move on to our second American on the list. John LeClaire. The prime of Vermont. Uh, yeah, love this guy. Multi-time first-team All-Star. Stanley Cup champion with the Habs. Uh, but that, that wasn't even the highlight of that. He got became a much better player later with the, with the Flyers. Great player. Uh, the first team All-Stars make seem better than he was, just there wasn't that many great left-wingers at the time. But he still did it. He was still the best at his position, recognized three times. That means a lot. Yeah, he, he was the king of getting in front of the goalie and knocking in the rebound. Like, there's maybe nobody ever who's been better at that than John McClare. Just being a huge body that the goalie has to deal with, taking up space, and then well, once the save is made, just powering through everybody and knocking it in. And that, that's not meant to be any sort of slight on him. That is tough, hard work to do, and it's hard to remember anyone who's any better at that than John McClare. He could get, well, I mean... If they're sort of looking at nationalities, and I kind of think they do when they're, when they're putting this all together uh, at the hockey hall in the committee in the committee room, Leclerc, Roenick's antics help Leclerc. I would say that's true. It, sh- it, it shouldn't. I mean, it should have nothing to do with it, but I bet it does. Yeah. I mean, they're still upset about knocking up for a hockey fight 40 years ago, so yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, Leclerc's biggest problem is his is his points total, honestly, because he only has eight hundred and nineteen. Right. So he's tied with Stefan Roche, and he's behind like a whole bunch of people who aren't in, like Billy Garrett, for example, or Trevor Linden, or my my cousin who I will claim Owen Nolan, like. Even Neil Broughton, who we just brought up, like none of all those guys are way ahead of him, and he's he's down at eight nineteen. He's I mean he's five hundred points behind Tershawn, who played at very much the same time he did. Um, so I think that hurts a little bit more than yeah. I mean that 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 hurt probably hurts more than we're bringing up, but yeah, he he was a very very good hockey player. I mean Jason Arch 
got like 100 points from more than 100 points from defense. And Jason, where's Jason Arnott on your list? Somewhere in the He's on it. I, I can't remember where, but I know he's on it. Yeah. I mean, nobody's out there back banging the table for Jason Arnott. No. So. No, and they're not for the number 10 guy, Bernie Nichols. No, that's another guy. He's third on the list of a guy who's guys who's all for without, uh, without being in for points. Because Bernie Nichols was the guy leading the charge before Roenick and, uh, and Terjean retired. Mm-hmm. Well, Terjean first, but Roenick, because those guys are both ahead of him. But Bernie Nichols is 47th all-time in points. Uh, right, one point behind Bobby Clark. Um, but, yeah, and he's, I mean, where's his constituency, really? Well, there really isn't any, and not, not online, not not even from himself, from what I can tell. Uh, I think a lot of people just look at him as a beneficiary of circumstance because he played with a lot of great players, mm-hmm. but he still did. He still produced. If you produce over, and like you said, like with thir- one thousand three hundred twenty-seven points, Nichols is what uh, one thousand two hundred and something. You're still you're yeah, obviously can- decent, more than decent. If you can do it at that level, you're not a fluke. Yeah, he had 1,209 points. 1,209, okay. So, like, obviously a really good player, but he, no one, I don't think his name even gets brought up. Yeah, it'd, it'd be hard to see. I, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, it, it's hard for me to see that he's getting in any time soon, even though just if you're just going by points totals, uh, he's someone who they should seriously be considering every single year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there are a few other additions who weren't in the top ten that I want to touch on really quick. Uh, another Swede. Uh, sorry, Don Cherry. Henrik Zetterberg, number 29. Another okay. great player. Uh, Red Wings fans don't, can tell you just how phenomenal he was. Uh, right behind him would be the first guy who – first Columbus Blue Jacket who might sort of get a look. I, I don't know whether he's going to get in or not. I, I'd say probably not in Rick Nash. Yeah, first for a former Boston Bruin player for his last three months of his career. Oh, that's true, yes. <laughs> yes. Yep. And uh, Patrick Sharp at number 75, uh, mostly on the strength of his playoff ability. And, and his haircut on the NHL shows. Have you seen Elliot Friedman's beard? I have not somehow seen Elliot Friedman's spirit during this whole thing. Okay, uh, maybe that's on some of the Canadian telecasts. Uh, even though I'm in Barbados, I've sort of like going back and forth between American and Canadian, depending on w- what, what signal sort of comes in better. But uh, yeah, El- just, e- just Google Elliot Friedman's beard. That's your second bit of homework, which is a lot be- easier than the movies I've been telling you to watch. Fair enough. No, I, I just always think Patrick Sharp, when he's on TV, is far too attractive if ever been a hockey player. So. <laughs> well, come on! You watched Young Blood, and that guy fought too. That is true. Uh, and and Mike, uh, other ones who I think do you have uh, Brian Johnson on the list somewhere? Brian Johnson somewhere, yeah, buried, but yes, he's on it. Yeah. And oh, uh, Scott, Scotty Hart now. Yeah, Scott. Uh, actually, yeah, he debuts at 106. Okay, and the last one, Mr. Carrie Underwood himself, Mike Fisher. He's on it too. Those are the guys who I was like, oh, they're at least good players. I don't know. I mean, the Sedins and Zetterberg are probably the top, and then Nash will step below them. So, Actually, I've got a, sort of like a whole Youngblood thing here, too. Uh, did you hear uh, Rob Lowe on Joe Rogan's podcast? 
No. Okay. I don't listen to Joe Rogan's podcast, so. Okay. Uh, so there's, there was a clip online that I, that I listened to. So from that movie, Rob Lowe said that he had no idea until years later that Keanu Reeves, who played the goalie, was actually an actor. He just thought it was some, some French, French hockey player because there was a few ho- actual hockey players who were in that film. Wow. Which I thought was like, that's awesome. And wow. the, the other cool thing from that is he said that uh, Swayze was trying to get uh, his song, She's Like the Wind, into that movie. Well, <clears throat> well, well, I mean, Diamond Sacrilege, because it's in the correct movie. Well, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, like, that just blew me away. Like, what? So he, he recorded that, what, years before? He's just sitting on that, waiting for the opportunity to sort of, like, yeah. get this released? I heard it on the radio two weeks ago, and I was like, yeah, no, Swayze could sing. So. Well, but before we leave the list, can I uh, can I bring up just one more thing? Yeah, of course. So between twelve and eighteen, mm-hmm. um, apologies to Keith Kachuk, J.C. Tremblay, and Rick Martin, mm-hmm. and also number eleven Paul Provost. Mm-hmm. You have four goalkeepers. You have Mike Richter, Mike Vernon, mm-hmm. Tom Barrasso, and Curtis Joseph. Yeah, they all, all seem to be blending together. Are serious contenders for the Hall? Yep. If you could choose between those four, who is, is Richter your first and his first on the list? But is that the guy you would put put in first? Yeah, my four is. I know everyone's super high on Cujo. I'm personally not. Uh, mm-hmm. He's number four out of those four for me. So I go. Uh, for for me, it's Richter by a wide margin over Barrasso. And then Cujo Vernon. Vernon third. Then Vernon third, oh, slightly over Cujo. Okay. Personally, I'm okay with those rankings. I'm okay with those rankings. Yeah, I think I think Richter was incredibly responsible for the only Stanley Cup ever won, the 1994 Rangers. Um, well, that in the World Cup uh, of Hockey in '96. Yeah, that's true. Um, so yeah, no, Richter. I think Richter. I think I have mine in the same order as you do. Mm-hmm. So anyway, all right. So are we moving on to something else? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so something came up today that really caught my eye. And I, I think you and I are both on the same page on this. Uh, the Philadelphia Phillies are going to be retiring the number of Dick Allen. And why this is really important, the Phillies have never in their long history ever retired the number of anyone who was not in the Hall of Fame. Potentially, yeah. Allen could get be selected this year from the uh, was it Golden Age Committee. Doesn't matter what which yeah whatever, which the, is whatever the name of it is but yeah. yes but it, but his era's rotation is coming up so is this a push by the Phillies to get him in possibly because you and I have talked many times that if an organization doesn't honor you it sort of subconsciously reflects on the other people in different decision making capacities I would think. Yeah, right. I mean, we talked about that when the Patriots uh, fans elected Richard Seymour this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, his chances to, like, we had to elect him, despite the fact, you know, that all the writers want us to elect ourselves. Mm-hmm. But we had to elect him because he was probably being hurt on getting into the actual Hall of Fame by the fact he had gotten the Patriots Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Um, and, and, and I feel the same way about Dick Allen. I'll be honest, growing up without really knowing much, 
just based on his name, I thought Dick Allen was a white guy. <laughs> 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 um, and, and Bill Simmons used to have the Reggie Cleveland All-Stars, who are guys, white guys who sounded like they were not white. Uh, Dick Allen would be whatever the, the opposite of that is, is uh, where Dick Allen would be for me on that list. Um, well, I, I, but, uh, I, I've got a similar one here for you, too. Remember a few weeks ago we were talking about Grant Fuhrer, like uh, with, with black players in the Hockey Hall of Fame? Yeah. I had no idea he was black, even though I saw him for years. Mm-hmm. Well, he had that mask on, so it's honestly well, a little bit yeah, more difficult. To not just that, though. I mean, uh, if, if you looked at Grant Fuhrer. Yeah. You know, you know when I found out he was black was when he, he when he was uh, having trouble playing golf in a in a course in Buffalo or something, and he said and he said he cried it was racism and I was really confused. I mean, Grant Fuhrer, <laughs> I mean, sounds like a German guy. <laughs> you know, he also had he also had sort of like the the white guy mustache. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was I had the same conversation with my Jamaican Jamaican friend. And and he said he had no idea that he was black until he actually met him hmm. at at, uh, at some party in Oakville. And he had a hmm. bunch of Polaroids that he shouldn't have had. And I'll leave it at that. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, so back to Dick Allen. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, good on the Phillies for doing this. I understand what their rules were. The, the Red Sox had really strict rules for retiring numbers, too. Uh, until they were just like, this is silly. Like, they, they broke it with Johnny Pesky. Uh, well, it actually is more with uh, when when uh, they had had Jackie Robinson come through, then they're like, well, we've already retired a number of someone in play here. Maybe we should be looking at retiring other numbers. And they retired Pesky, who's still not the Hall of Fame, but was with the team for, God, I don't know, almost 70 years. Um, and, but it's, it's good when, when teams do this for people who deserve it. And Dick Allen is still, still to this day, second in slugging percentage in Phillies history. Which... Like, he was... Yeah. Yeah, back in the dead ball era. Yeah, I was going to say that. I mean, it's it's not just... If you look at his accumulative statistics, it may not stand out, but when you're looking what he did year by year in comparison, Mm -hmm. which is sort of like why seasonal ranks mean so much, or OPS+. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, and, yeah. and other stats. It's Allen was one of the best power hitters and contact hitters of his day in an era that okay, yeah, it wasn't what it was fifteen years fifteen years after. But you don't look at what they do compared to what the players are doing twenty years after. You look at what they did in in their bubble, right? Of course. I mean, that's what you have to do. But a lot of people don't. But they absolutely have to. And honestly, my guy who I thought was the best player not in from all these committees uh, gotten a couple years ago, which was Ted Simmons, who I still Mm -hmm. statistically and looking at everything was no worse than like the seventh best, worst best catcher of all time. Like he was a glaring omission in the hall. Looking at it now, I mean, Dick Allen is as close, I think, as as for a position player as a glaring omission uh, to the hall as any. And again, Harold Baines is a new floor, right? And with Harold Baines as the floor, there's a lot more people be get being who would be eligible to get in. But the fact that Baines is in and Dick Allen isn't, it's not even a comparison between those two players. No, and, and no, and that, that's completely true. Uh, absolutely. Uh, I'm hoping 
that Allen gets in. If he doesn't, the Phillies still made the right call. Agreed. 100%. 100% made the right call. Okay. So uh, I guess moving from that, uh, I got no clever segue, so I'm just going to go right to it. Uh, no, thank you for sending me this because I was off in daytime hockey world because I forgot to write about because I didn't even know what happened. The Country Music Hall of Fame announced their class. Uh, small mm-hmm. classes, but I mean, they've been around forever, so you know they can do that. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, again, I, I've said it before, I'll say it again. That Hall of Fame is really cool, even for somebody who doesn't really follow country music that much. That is, if you're in Nashville, there's a lot to do in Nashville. Nashville is one of my favorite cities in the U.S., but if you are there, the Country Hall is definitely worth a stop. Yeah, I definitely have to check that out. Uh, so the, the two big names, uh, Hank Williams Jr., Marty Stewart, and I'm blanking on the third name. I should have had that ready. Dean, Dean Dillon. Dean Dillon, yeah, who uh, wrote a lot of the hits for George Strait. Uh, he, only, he, he, only wrote, he only wrote 69 songs for George Strait, over 40 of which turned. So other than that, he didn't do much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. One thing, actually, I noticed that I really kind of thought was a pretty cool idea. I don't know how long they've been doing it. So Dylan gets in as the songwriter, and then they rotate, almost like the baseball committees. So you've got a, a songwriter this year. Next year, it'll be a contributor. A non-performer, I think. Yeah, non-performer. Yeah, I think it's non-performer next, yeah. And then after following that, it would it's going to be... Uh, Sort of like a on the road performer, I think is how they classify that. Yeah, a touring musician. Touring musician, yeah. Touring musician. Yeah, so I mean, I think that that's a you know, it's a pretty good way to do that. Yeah, no, I, I think it's pretty cool too. And it, I mean, they only they have small classes anyway. Uh, Williams got in as the veterans era artist, and Stewart is the modern era artist. So they have this different categories. They take one from each. Um, with, with how many people they already have. I mean, uh, Williams's dad, Hank Williams Sr., was inducted in the country hall almost 60 years ago now. I know. Uh, which is, shows you how, which shows you how long the hall's been around. Uh, I mean, significantly longer than the Rock Hall. Um, the Rock Hall started in 86, I believe, was the first class. So... I mean, this, they've been around a long time. They've done a good job inducting who they should induct. You go there and you're like, I don't know who this person is. And then you're like, oh, I understand why they're here. Um, but, yeah, I, I like the idea, like, we have three categories. We have a senior getting in. We have a modern person getting in. And then we have other people rotating around once every three years. I'm going to be honest, I didn't realize up until I saw this that's how they did it because I did a little digging afterwards. Um, that's a very good way to run a Hall of Fame that – you're not putting. You've got all the real port people in, and you're not putting too many people in every year. That's that's a good way to do it. Yeah, and you really don't need to. So, like, the bar is still actually very, very high. I mean, look at these three. Like, what more do you need? Yeah. Well, Marty Stewart never went to number one, which you and I agree is almost impossible in country music. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it wasn't that he wasn't successful and on the charts all the time. He was, and it. Like, I'm not a country music guy either, but I'm certainly very familiar with him and his flowing head of hair holy crap yeah i hope that's all real before before he came in he's definitely the uh the inspiration for lionel for the thundercats (laughs) and i love it god i hope that's all real i really do i think so (laughs) i have no idea yeah i don't know either and look and look and i don't i don't know anyone who would make a wig like that so i'd I'd like to think it is as well (laughs) oh god Uh, phil Spector. 
He might. I have to wash my ears out with soap after hearing his name. Uh, I'll always have a love-hate thing. Phil, such a genius, but my God. Yeah. But, there are a lot of those out there, really. Yes, there is. We could start a show on that right now and not be done until December. <laughs> but yeah, do you think uh, – here's what I wanted to ask you about Hank Williams Jr. with that. Uh, you know, talking about like woke calls and whatnot. I mean he got himself in a bit of trouble. Uh, even kicked off uh, mm-hmm. Monday Night Football. Do you think that's why this was delayed? Because he he's a massive name, and it almost surprised me that he wasn't in already. Yeah, it's just, it was surprising he wasn't in already to me as well. I mean, I'm sure that has something to do with it. He also had, uh, if you're going to have a hall, you want to make sure the person up there is lucid and not going to puke on stage. Uh, and that's true. that might have been an issue for Hank for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, you and I both were shocked. I think we both think it's overdue for him getting in. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it very well may have had something to do with it. Um, although if there's a hall, which seems less likely to care about people being woke, it's uh, probably the country hall. I think that's sort of changing now with the, with the current climate, because what is it? The just, it's the chicks and lady a, I believe. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, but the Dixie Cups are still going by the Dixie Cups, so... Are these still touring? Most like some version of that? I don't know. They are mostly... Well, yeah, I, I actually... I don't know. I did think it was funny that Dixie Cups did not change their name, so... Yeah, because I, I know that if, once you're crossing a certain border, it's now just the Mason line. I... <laughs> 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 Yeah, they're no, not all gems, uh, yeah, Evan. They're not they, all gems. The Dixie Cups are African American, so maybe they named it after those little paper cups. They could have. I mean, you got to have some inspiration to come up with Ico Ico. So, <laughs> oh, I, 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 this is a guilty pleasure song. The Bell it Stars is. version, but go into the chat. And we're going to get anyway. Sorry. How many chick flicks has that been in? All of them. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Whenever there's a song that comes on the radio that I think, or just in general, my wife it starts singing like, "How do you know that?" And then she'll rattle off some chick flick it was in. Mm. Every time. Yeah. But no, I'm uh, ha- certainly happy with this class. I can't imagine that there's any pushback from anybody in the country music world on this no no all three of those people are very deserving so 100 percent. uh so from there i think we've got a few passings that we want to touch on or is there something we want to get on before that i I think those were the big three no why why don't we why don't we go i know you have a lot to say about kamala yeah uh kamala the ugandan headhunter uh so again, I'm a pretty big wrestling guy, not as much as I used to be, but I've had the privilege of actually talking to him twice. Uh, one, actually this year, uh, it's three months ago, or three, three or four months ago, and uh, you've seen him wrestle, I presume? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. So, like an interest, like to me, he was like one of the best monster characters that ever existed. It was one of those things that you just wanted to believe, even though, you know, that made absolutely no sense. Like, how the hell did this guy who can't speak English get himself from arena to arena? Mm-hmm. And he pretty much wear, only wore a loincloth. And it didn't, wasn't that he just didn't speak English. He didn't seem to speak any language. 
In the interviews, he would do this. That's what he would do. That right. was a Kamala promo. Uh, but he stu- – I don't want to say stumbled across something that was sort of gold for him because it really wasn't gold in terms of his pocketbook. Because he started wrestling at 28. Uh, Jerry the King Lawler came up with the Kamala gimmick for him. Uh, four years later in 1982 uh, was when, when he had that. And it was just from, – from the way Lawler always told it, he got the idea from Idi Amin – uh, the, the a dictator in Uganda, and apparently there's a story about how some people in there were, were into cannibalism. So he just ran with that, came up with, with this gimmick, and uh, Kamala, who's uh, James Harris of Mississippi, wasn't a very good technical wrestler. In fact, he pretty much sucked, putting it bluntly. But for this gimmick, he didn't have to. Just did a bunch of chops. Uh, didn't have to sell moves just was out there to terrorize people. It was one of those things where, okay, you know what, even back then when they didn't acknowledge that wrestling was predetermined or fake, whatever word you want to use, he did it so well, you just wanted to believe it. Right. And unfortunately, he grew up poor in rural Mississippi, and that's the way he died. He didn't Mm -hmm. make a lot of money. He was one of those guys, I've, I've seen in other interviews, where he talked about how, like a lot of other wrestlers, would blow all their money, and a lot of them did, uh, through mo- mostly through drugs, just in a bad spending and not 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 saving, mostly. Uh, Kamala always said that he never made a lot of money, and he was such a nice, kind guy. He probably didn't know how to negotiate or ask for it. Mm-hmm. He never. I don't know that he ever understood his worth. Because he sold out arenas all across the United States, many headline shows with Hogan, uh, you know, with Hulk Hogan and New York City, like all across. I mean, like that—that that was one of the biggest uh, gates in 1987. After him, after uh, Hogan and Andre, it was Hogan and Kamala. People paid a lot of money to see that. Now, a lot of that, according to Kamala, and I believe him, it didn't really translate into his pocket. And it's and he. he Died, died really without anything. Died without legs. I don't know if you know that. Diabetes took his legs. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, so he's pretty much been in a wheelchair for, I want to say six years. I could be wrong on that. Uh, but mm-hmm. just real nice guy. No one's, that I've ever read it, had anything ever bad to say about him. And uh, he'll be missed. Yeah, it's sort of sad when like the timing, right? Because he died the day before uh, Kamala Harris got the uh, nomination. It's a nomination, right. or the yeah. vice president's uh, nomination. So R.A.P. Kamala was or Kamala was trending, and there was a whole whack of uh, po- like political pundits just like freaking out for a bit. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that going, and then I mean, I I expected not to go into politics that. Uh, Harris was going to be the vice presidential candidate all along. Mm-hmm. I predicted that from well, ever since Biden was the guy. Um, but no, it, it was it was a little bit weird with the timing on everything. Yeah, on what because he has a, he had a T-shirt that he was selling that was uh, Kamala twenty twenty in the in the first zero. It was his face in it. Yeah. Okay. Which. I thought that was pretty awesome. I hope he sold a lot of shirts, but probably not. <laughs> 
You never know. Mm, probably not. Probably not. So it's uh, it's it's kind of a sad story, just because he just a business. I don't know that he necessarily loved the business so much, but it it sure as hell didn't treat him well. Correct. Yeah, agree with that. So, uh, good good night to a uh, to a giant in in wrestling and in real life. So the p- correct yeah. use of the use of the word literally too. Uh, so there we go, full circle. Excellent. <laughs> so it can't be full circle yet. We still have more stuff to talk about. Yes. Um, so I, now I have three more names, or four more people I want to bring up. One sure. I want to go into a little, little bit deeper. Uh, the first is uh, Bill Yeoman. I believe that's how I pronounce his last name. He was an American college football player and coach who was a coach at University of Houston through 1986 and is, uh, was the winningest coach. I think he still is in school history. Um, and uh, he was inducted to the College Football Hall of Fame back in 2001. Um, so he passed at the age of 92 uh, earlier this week. Uh, do you have anything to say about Bill Yeoman, or is that just not a name that resonates in any way? I, I'm not that familiar with him, honestly. Interestingly, though, he passed away from kidney failure and AIDS-related pneumonia. Oh, at 92, which is an interesting piece of information. I don't know exactly what that meant, um, but yeah. So, hmm. yeah, it was just an interesting thing. I didn't know how to deal with with it. Um, a, a second person I want to bring up is we don't talk about producers and sound engineers here very much, uh, but I do want to bring up Martin Birch, who passed away, who produced and engineered albums for Deep Purple. Fleetwood Mac, Black Sabbath, Blue Oyster Cult, White Snake, or uh, Rainbow, Iron Maiden, uh, all sorts of places, people like that. Um, incre- and like, if you just look at his discography, it's an incredible list of things that he was in charge. He did Wishbone, a Wishbone Ash, oh. Ash, excuse me, uh, Jeff Beck, uh, Peter Green, the, the Faces, Skid Row, uh, John Lee Hooker. Um, I mean. Uh, Someone else we don't talk about anymore, Gary Moore, um, Canned Heat. Like, he was all over the place doing stuff for for everybody. And one of those people who's never going to be a Hall of Fame, but you know his fingers are all over the stuff that you know and care about. Um, so God, uh, God bless him. He passed at the age of 71. Um, but they didn't give a, a cause of death on this. But um, I know Geezer Butler and David Co- Coverdale, among others, uh, Rand had like pretty big things to say about uh, about Martin Birch who passed away. Um, another one I want to bring up, and I'm going to have I have to control myself on this one. Um, member of the 1960s NFL All Decade Team, two-time All-Pro, three-time Pro Bowler, had his career cut short due to injury, um, but is probably if they ever end up putting assistant coaches in the Pro Football Hall of Fame is on the short list of people who you would consider first. Uh, Howard Mutt, mm, uh, who was yes. the offensive line coach for the Colts for years, the offensive line coach in Kansas City with um, Tony Dungy when he was there. Um, one of the great offensive line coaches in history um, passed away in a motorcycle accident at the age of 78 uh, yesterday. Actually, today's the 13th, right? Yeah, so you know, it's yesterday. Um, he had, he had been in an accident two weeks prior, 
Um, but he had 47 years uh, in the league and was a uh, coach. Uh, he got one Super Bowl ring um, with the Colts and that one uh, championship Manning won there. Um, but yeah, a heck, a heck of a player, a heck of a coach. Um, also, and I have to say this without being offensive, known for keeping the other team's practices, which nobody apparently cared about, but he was one of the people who was known for getting video on his opponents when he wasn't supposed to. That kind of got swept under the rug at one point. Um, so, or, 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 or stuck in the mud. Oh, uh, there you go. Yes. But I'm fine. Um, but no, but, but how, yes, Howard Mudd is, is, and inc- was an incredible coach. And, um, I mean, just, uh, again, one, like he and Dante Scarnacchia, and who's the guy who coached the Hawks? I can't think of his name right now. Um, mm. uh, the, but the three, I can see him. In my, yeah. yeah. The, yeah. They, they all, three of those guys were offensive line coaches and that's all they did. Uh, and in the last 30 years, there was probably none better than the three of them. Yes, sadly, we're probably not going to see assistant coaches ever get into the Hall of Fame. I don't see it ever happening. It, it could, but I doubt it. They're, they're having enough trouble putting seniors in. I can't imagine them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I can't imagine getting it together. Um, but the last person I want to talk about a little bit um, is uh, Trini Lopez passed away. And you that wasn't a name that necessarily that uh, resonated with you. But Trini Lopez uh, was a folk singer, a Mexican-American folk singer, um, who is most known for his song from 1964, If I Had a Hammer, well, his cover version of that. It it went gold. He also had another one called Lemon Tree, um, which I don't know. Have you ever read uh, The Things They Carried? Did you ever read that book? No, I haven't. Okay, so in that book, Lemon Tree is, like, disturbingly important for that book. Um, but, yeah, he, he, was a heck, he was a very, very long-tenured, still fairly active um, performer at, a, I mean, 50, almost 60-year career. Uh, passed over this week of COVID, actually. Um, he's also, for mm. those who love old movies... Uh, he's also one of the few remaining members of the Dirty Dust team still alive. Uh, he played Jimenez, who was the guitar player in the group, and uh, also was the one who, spoiler alert, the movie came out in 1967, so you've only had 50 for years. Uh, or, what was it, 63 years at this point? No, 50. 53, sorry. Uh, but he was the one who didn't actually get to make the mission because his parachute got stuck in the tree. Um, so... Uh, yeah, it was just uh, an important figure in the early 60s folk music era, which is, I mean, folk music, music's heyday. Um, but it was just it was sad to see him go because he's, he's still been performing. I think I saw him performing on something not even that long ago, maybe three or four years. I was like, oh, it's great to see that he's out and still doing stuff. I think, it, I think he may have been on Telemundo because I sometimes watch soccer games in Spanish. Um but yeah, I know he passed at 83 earlier this week. Yeah, so that's uh, COVID that took two, actually, because uh, that's what Kamala passed away of, was COVID. Yeah, he COVID and 
well, he also had diabetes and other things that made it much harder. Right. Yeah. Too. Yeah. So certainly he was certainly compromised uh, and had had been for a long time. But uh, yeah, I mean, like once uh, you're in that state and you, and you catch the the super flu, and for I still can't believe there are people denying that out there. But I have two people. Like I said, I have two people are probably dying over the weekend who I have sat down across the table from a dozen times that that's for a political show that maybe you and I should start doing I don't know I get too worked up maybe not (laughs) yeah no I I I value I value my job and friendships too much to get myself involved in a political or it's a political program fair enough fair enough so uh yeah, so anyway, so that that's all I have for this week in terms of passings. But uh, mm-hmm. what are we talking about next week? Next week, uh, if nothing sort of comes up, I think we should sort of start hammering out just what we're going to do with the U.S. Hall of Fame that we've been talking about and just get right to that. We should. Uh, do you, here's a question. Do you think they're actually going to come out with nominees for the Rock Hall? I don't know. I don't know. That, that, that's sort of a good know. question. I've been asked that, too. You've probably yeah. asked that, too, I think. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know either, but I mean, because that's something that usually comes out in sometime between mid-September and mid-October. It's been a little bit late over the last few years, uh, but it used to be like September 15th. Now it's been like the first week of October, because that, that's not something we necessarily should do next week. I'm just saying it's something that's coming up that we should think about in the future. But no, the, the, the U.S. Hall of Fame makes a lot of sense yeah. in making sure. So how many people, are, just a reminder, how many people do we want on the committee? Maximum 16, minimum 8. Okay, fair enough. I will, I will double down my efforts to get a hold of people who I haven't necessarily been getting a hold of. I've got a... Yeah. Well, because we, if we've got a Hall of Famer in the mascot Hall of Fame, if, I can, if I've got... I'll, I'll secure the Dolphins Ring of Honor guy. And how about someone okay. who's in the Fan Hall of Fame? That would be fine. Fan, a Fan Hall of Famer would work for me. Okay. Because I've got someone who could probably do that, but cool. yeah, I'll start, we'll get and to I, work on I, that. I'll, I'll work, reach out um, to a couple of people I know again, and if they're not interested, see if they know anyone who might be interested uh, who would be worthy of getting in here. So, um, cool. I'm, I will work on it. We'll work on it. We'll get everything organized and together, and, and go from there. All right, sounds good. Take care. All right, later, man. Thank you so much for listening. Stay safe, everyone, and look for new content on the regular at notinhalloffame.com.